Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The world's favorite millennial, Stephen Busaka, hunts for ghost orchids out on the Fakahatchee Strand. Everglades National Park name dropping. Poaching in Everglades National Park is live and well. What is a Fakahatcher? And high-speed boat crashes all this week on The Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to The Real Guy Podcast. I got the world's favorite millennial in the studio today, Stephen Busaka. Thanks for coming into the Lunker Dog Studios, bro. Dude, we couldn't have picked a better time to do it, too. Late afternoon during the summer where it's not too brutal. Your first showing for season five. Last week, um, we uploaded, I think it was the 230th episode, the first episode of season five. Can you believe we're going into five years? Wow. This will be, well, we did four. We're going into five years of podcasts. Holy crap. That's impressive, dude. It's fun. It's fun. It's been a fun ride, especially just kind of seeing how we've evolved and, you know, just kind of our methods and technology and topics. And do you remember how bad they were at the very beginning? Like you, me and Timmy just sitting here talking about body odor or just the quality of it? No, I think people are perfectly fine with us talking about body odor. It's just that we had the wrong equipment. Everything was like new. We did not edit. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, like 30 or 40 podcasts later. We found our niche. Well, it started to come into form a little bit. And now we can bang them out. They sound halfway decent. Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, (laughs) season five, bro. Season five. Let's do it. Great to have you here. So what the fuck are you telling me about? A ghost orchid? You never heard of the ghost orchid? I think I did hear well, I don't know if, if I remember the ghost orchid. I just know that people make a big deal about going out and finding these orchids. Yeah. Musso's big into that, you know. I remember you t- him and uh, Steve Huff are into that, right? And they're in the palm trees. Yeah. All well, these, like, different varieties of palms. Well, Huff lives, I think, in Everglades City, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's right there in, like, basically the orchid capital of the U.S. Is that the orchid capital of the U.S.? The Fakahatchee Strand is, and um, Everglades City is only like a 10-minute drive from the Fakahatchee, so he's right there. Yeah, I got an orchid on the fence over here. What kind of orchid? I know because I've seen it, but I can't remember what kind of orchid it is. That's called a barely orchid. A barely orchid? Yeah, it barely stays alive because I neglect it so fucking bad. <laughs> and then once a year, this beautiful little flower comes out, and I'm like, how does it do that? I'm, I... I just leave it on the fence and it just dries up. It looks like holy hell. And then it gets humid out and then it just blooms and I can say, like, check out my orchid. Well, that's kind of similar to what happens with the ghost orchid. Really? Yeah. So I'll get, so, so do you know anything about the ghost orchid? I just know that it's an orchid and I know people like to go find it. Yeah. So I, I had first heard about the ghost orchid um, pretty much when I had first discovered the Fakahatchee Strand. 
because that was one of the things that it was known for. You know, and if you go there and you roll up to the front there, uh, they got this big billboard and they had always talked about the Fakahatchee being a great place to find the, the what they consider the two most elusive treasures of the Everglades, the Florida Panther being one and then the ghost orchid being the other. So the ghost orchid is actually, which I thought was very interesting, it's the third rarest orchid in the world. Really? In the world. Hmm. And it's only found in the swamps of South Florida in the Everglades here in the U.S. And I think it's also found, like, I think certain islands of the Bahamas, I think, used to have it. I don't know if they're still there. And then uh, Cuba apparently even has a few as well, too. So, but... Um, so the cool thing, though, is the the reason that it got its name, the ghost orchid, is if it's not blooming, it's almost impossible to find. And it, it, it doesn't have leaves, which is a very rare characteristic for an orchid to not have leaves because it basically it's just roots on a tree. Right. And then for two to three months out of the year, basically it's roots on a tree and a spike comes out. And then all of a sudden, this beautiful little flower blooms but it's only two to three months out of the year that you're actually able to see them in bloom so that's why they call it the ghost orchid that's why they call it the ghost orchid and um you know after you know i you know you know i've been on my pan- my panther uh quest here for a while and you know i my buddy ryan um for those of you guys that are into orchids and whatnot go check him out on instagram new age adventures um I had met him out there in my travels in the Fakahatchee and, you know, he was really into orchids and he told me that he had found some on his own, which is really impressive because you have to go like off the trail deep into the sloughs to actually find them because the ones that were close to the trams, poachers have basically picked them clean. So he told me he had found some and last year I had told him, I said, well, you know, I said, I'd love to see one. And he had said to me, he goes, well, listen, he goes, we're going to, I'll take you out there next year so ghost orchid season as they call it typically starts around june because that's when we start getting the rainfall and uh, i called him up and he said he goes all right he's like there's a one in particular that's getting ready to bloom and he's like you want to go out i said let's do it so i went after work so you well hold on you got guided i got guided to a ghost, to orchid. A ghost orchid all right <laughs> that's that's real guy shit right there <laughs> if it wasn't before it is now i guess it is now so we uh so he takes me out there and um i'd be lying to you if i said that because we actually had to go in the water to get to where the orchid was like a little wading yes which and I'll, listen i'd be lying to you if i told you that when we first got in that water I wasn't zeroed in on looking for gators when we first got in there. Gators? Yeah. I don't think gators are like your um, top priority danger out there. I'm thinking leeches, ticks. Snakes. Yeah, water moccasins. Water moccasins, yeah. And then gator. And the gator, unlike all those other ones, you can probably see him from across the... What'd you call it? A slough? The slough. What's the difference between a creek and a slough? Well, a creek actually is like a narrow body of water that flows in a certain direction. The slough is just kind of sitting there. It's almost like a dome. It's, it's like, the coolest thing. It's almost like a puddle. It's a swamp. But a slough. N- but no flow. Well, there is flow, but it's so slow that you can't even notice it. Hmm. 
but it um but no it was well, I mean, and the water wasn't terribly deep so it was it was at the deepest it was about to our knees right which is not terribly deep but the funny thing is so we're, we're making our way through the slough and or the swamp whatever you want to call it no, just, <laughs> no, every time somebody uses the word creek or slough no, no, or crick p- <laughs> pond it reminds me of like a country song or something Oh, do you want me to just call it a swamp instead? No, call it a slough. I like it. It makes okay. me giggle. <laughs> All right. So we're making our way through the slough. And, um, you know, and it, it, it's funny. You're looking around and being off the tram. That was my first time. It was such a different experience of seeing the Fakahatchee in that just kind of in that environment. So we're making our way through, and, and it was funny because so we get to a point, and Ryan, he just stops, and he looks at me with this big-ass grin on his face, and he's like, you ready? I was like, I'm ready. And he did almost kind of like a, he stepped to the side like an unveil there type it is. thing. And, sure, it, and it was so cool because it was, because sometimes they're high up in the tree, like they're high up in the canopy, and this one was literally perfect eye level. And just the most perfectly bloomed flower. And it's funny because you see them and it's like, because I've seen, I've been seeing pictures of them for like a year and a half now. And it's like, holy shit, there it is. There it is. And the cool thing is, it's funny because I, I, I know a guy that actually, he had told me, he said, I got to tell you, he goes, when you're making your way through the slough, especially all that water, he's like, it's a little daunting at first. Because I, I know a guy that actually accidentally stepped on a gator and thank the Lord he had his tripod with him because it bit the tripod and not him. Oh, so it's a lucky break. Yeah. But, um, he was like, but I, I mean, he goes, I'm telling you, he goes, when you finally find that orchid, he's like, it's like all your fears, everything that you were worried about goes away. And that was exactly what happened when we saw that orchid. All of a sudden it was like everything else just gone. All my, all the stress I had from work gone. And I was, I was ready. I was so excited. I never thought I'd be so excited to see a plant. You know what I mean? <laughs> Musa would probably disagree with me on that one. But I, I was actually like, wow. Like, this is the third rarest orchid in the world, heavily sought after by poachers. And I'm actually seeing it right here in front of me. That's pretty good. Good job. Congratulations. Yeah. And th- then... On the way back, I was like, actually, can we do some more exploring around in here? You want to find your own ghost orchid? Well, no, I just wanted to see more of the swamp. Mm. I just wanted to see more of like the cypress domes and everything. And I was I, all of a sudden then I was having a blast. You're in a different zone. Right? I was in a totally different zone. And I, it was funny because I, I called um, <laughs> my buddy Ryan today and I said, man, I said, I want to get back off the tram. And get back into the sloughs. All right, so Ryan, elaborate on Ryan. I, I'd never met him before. No, I met him out in the Fakahatchee. So he's a so he's a fellow Fakahatchee strand enthusiast. We call him Fakahatchers. Fakahatchers. Is that, there is, is it, a term. I swear to you. So this is so we have we have another uh, for, we have another um, term that we use out there too for people that get addicted to going into the Fakahatchee strand. We call it catching the Fakahabit. All right, dude. <laughs> I swear you, you, right, you got to quit it's, fucking hanging out in the middle of the swamp, dude. It's addicting. <laughs> it really is addicting. What do you guys call it again? 
Fackahatchers? Oh, Fackahatchers. And then if you if, if getting addicted to going out there, they say is you've caught the Facka habit. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not sure where to take it from there, but let's get more into like the orchid thing and the poaching. Yes, poaching. It, it is unfortunately still a real thing out there. Dude, that's like a real uh, Florida history is orchid poaching. Oh, yeah. People came from all over the world to to get these orchids, bring them yep. wherever the hell they brought them, made a ton of fucking money. Yeah. And they knew it was illegal, but there was no real law enforcement. No. And so funny thing is, though, um, the ghost orchid is the most heavily sought after. But the one orchid that I found out was literally almost poached to the brink, like almost to the brink of extinction was the cowhorn orchid. <laughs> I don't know if you heard of that. One. I almost wish Steve Musso was here because I feel like he would know like... Well, you guys are like orchid guys. Well, I the funny thing to me is I never thought I would really because like the majority of the people that go in there are orchid enthusiasts. Right. I would say like ninety five percent of them are orchid enthusiasts because again, the the Fagahatchee is the orc it is the orchid capital of the U.S. But I never for a second would have thought that I would have understood the hype. But like Jeff, some of these orchids are so rare. That like getting the opportunity to actually see them in their natural habitat, it I got to tell you, it is something special. It is something special. And, and well, something special about orchids. They have big conventions about orchids. People are like way in them. Did you know the New River? There used to be orchid farms all up and down the New River. That doesn't surprise me. Like there you was, guys used to see otters in the New River. There was still <laughs> there was still an orchid farm up until about four years ago. Really? Yeah, right before you got the Davy uh, Boulevard Bridge going up the New River on the left. I want to say it's David Ide's grandmother, or great-grandmother maybe, but she kept her orchid farm going up until just a few years ago. I think she passed away and then... Really? And if you go by there now, the shell's still there. The little greenhouse and the big fans and everything. Really? Yeah. But anyway, I know for a fact that here in Broward County, New River, right where we get all those lunkers and stuff, was big orchid farms. Wow. And she was the last of the orchid farms. Well, it's it's funny, though, because, you know, again, the ghost orchid is the most heavily sought after one. But the thing is, and it's been proven, that if you take them from the wild, they're, the all of these orchid enthusiasts and poachers, they think that they can actually keep them alive. And they've said that it's been proven at the most a year, and then it's going to die because it's so adapted to its natural environment the because again the temperature has to be right the humidity has to be right you know you you just you you're never going to be able to fully replicate that because again the ghost orchid well i think orchids in general are just super sensitive yeah to temperature and so it's like you'll, you'll never be able to fully replicate what it experienced out in the strand but they still try to but they do still try to take them though so the cool thing is, is that if you're lucky, the, the only way you're going to be able to find one is you either have to go in deep into the sloughs and look for them yourself, or you actually have to meet somebody that trusts you enough to take you to actually go see one. Right. And that's your dog, Ryan. I got, dude, Jeff, he's impressive. He's, so he's like 23, 24 years old, five foot two, mm -hmm. not a big dude. He goes by himself into the deep into the sloughs by himself and he wades into chest deep water 
looking for these orchids and he's actually been successful. So he actually, he found a, a population of ghost orchids that not even Mike Owen, the biologist who had been there for like 30 years even knew about. <laughs> I mean, that's real guy shit. Well, the guy's obviously good at finding ghost orchids. I mean, I wouldn't know one if I saw one. I rock right by it. I'd be like, oh, nice orchid, maybe, if I even saw it, period. My So if it's not blooming, unless you know what to look for, you'd probably walk right by it. Kind of like the python, licensed <laughs> python contractor, like that dude. What was his name again? Matt um, Briggles. Briggles. We got to we got to hit him up though because I'd like I, to do that python hunt with I him. I bet he knows where some orchids are. Maybe. I bet he's like an orchid guy, like you, Justin Napier, Ryan. Justin M- knows about the Musso, ghost orchid. Huff. You guys are probably going to start a thing now. Everybody's going to get like orchid crazy. <laughs> orchid life. <laughs> so 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 is there any special like orchid equipment gear that you use when you're orchiding out? And with you fack of hatchers. So it's it's you're gonna start using that now. All the time. So torture you with it. This is this is this is how crazy these these orchid poachers are. When you take a picture of let's say a ghost orchid or you know, any kind of rare orchid out there, but in particular the ghost, you take a picture of it with your phone, that picture has metadata on it. Metadata. These dorks somehow can actually use the metadata on that picture and find the exact location where you took the picture of that ghost orchid. So what you have to do, I thought this was a joke at first, but it's true. If you want to post it on social media, which I did, I wanted to sport the hell out of my orchid. Were you sporting your ghost orchid picture? I was sporting that orchid. (laughs) I was very proud of that picture. I even got a selfie with it. And um, so what you have to do is you have to wait till you get home. You got to wait till you get home and take a picture of that picture. So that way, if they try to look at the metadata, they get it looks home. like you're, you're, yeah, you're home. <laughs> so there's like spot stealing technology going all the way into or- yes. orchids. That is exactly what it is. You, except you don't have to blur the background. Now, you guys don't go in there like with a tripod with like a telescope on it. Because when I did that hike out in Panama looking for that bird, oh, we the had one Questrel of those. is what was it right? What the, what was that bird called? The quest, the crest, Questrel is that? I don't what know. It was you called? looked it up. I couldn't remember then. You expect me to remember now? Sean Murphy told me the name of it, and I can't remember what it was. So anyway, we went out there looking for that bird, and this guy had the tripod with the little scope, and like you know, up there on that mountain, look through this thing, and you could you know see shit. You guys do that with the orchids? We didn't have to, we didn't even have to. Do people? Um, I do know that some people actually go out there with some serious camera equipment. Like and, and like do the fat hatchers, do they all like get online and talk about their gear like the fishing nerds do? They get together. They have meetings. Right. That's what I was getting. That's what there, I was So there's together. actually a group called the Friends of Fakahatchee that I am a part of. Friends of Fakahatchee, the FOFs. Yeah, exactly. You know, and earlier they get today, together. earlier today, I was with the president of the SOBs. Who caught a nice snook on the beach today? Who, oh, Timmy O'Connor? No, Jody Moore. Oh, I thought you meant Timmy. I was, I've been trying to get Timmy to see if Timmy <laughs> would go to the SOB meetings with me. This is probably what you do with Napier and whoever else your feck hatcher orchid guys are. Like, you want to go to these meetings, but you kind of, you know, want to get your buddy Ryan to go with you or that kind of thing. So I was telling Timmy that we should start, join the SOBs and start going to the meetings. 
Okay. And then Timmy's fighting me on it. Why? I don't know. He's just like, you know, being the old grumpy guy. Normally, I would do that. <laughs> Go to the meeting of the SOPs. No, just be the old grumpy guy. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. That is true. I'm actually very surprised that Timmy felt that way. I'm turning a corner, and Timmy is being a stick in the mud. Well, that, that's what's You're going both on. turning a corner is what it sounds like. <laughs> Speaking of turning the corner last night, and it made the news. This fucking guy comes rolling down the intercoastal going 40 in like a 30-foot center console. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. He fucking hits the cement channel marker. I saw that on the news. You were, wait, you witnessed that? Timmy and I were 200 feet away watching the whole thing. We saw Holy the guy shit. coming down the intercoastal going 40 for like a mile away. And Timmy looks, and for some reason, he's like, you know, you never can be too sure about these people out here at night going fast and everything. And he went to pull over to kind of get out of the way, let the guy buzz by. And after he pulled over, we kind of took our eyes off of him for a second. As we look back to see where he was, he pinged off the cement marker. And when he pinged off the cement marker, he did a 90-degree angle, and then he must have fell into his controls because he actually picked up speed. And then... Hit the seawall square at 40 miles an hour. He went through a guy's boat, hit the seawall. The engine of the boat, one of the engines, came off the transom and flew into the guy's backyard. That's how hard he hit. He's lucky he didn't die. Timmy and I go over there, and we're yelling, is anybody in the water? Can anybody hear me? Blah, blah, blah. It's pitch dark. It's so crazy because the boat's like all broken half and shit floating there. And we're looking like, I just wait to see a body float up. And we hear somebody in the boat say, oh, no, I'm okay. I'm in the boat. But he couldn't stand up and stuff. So we're like trying to get a good look at him. And he's back there and he's like, oh, I'm all right. And he doesn't realize how fucked up he was and how bad of an accident he was in. He must have been in shock or whatever. Yeah. So I would call 911. That was interesting. And then uh, finally they figured out where to go to, to see this, you know, tragedy. And um, it was pretty crazy because when he hit the seawall, not only did he smash his boat, but he went through another guy's boat that was on a lift. And one of his, and one of his motors went flying off. Right. And we were, he's lucky. You know, could you imagine if someone was sitting out there and got hit with that thing? I mean, the whole thing could have honestly been disa- even more disastrous than it was. And, then, and this is the, this is the thing... Uh, 
I've been talking about this with a lot of people as we're fishing out in the port a lot because you fish out in the port, right? And these 100-footers, 200-footers for that matter, are cruising by at like 12, 14 knots and throwing off like a five, you know, five-foot wake or whatever. And I say to whoever I'm fishing with, I'm like, can you believe that that 100-and-something-footer has the same rules I do? Like they can come rolling in here at that speed? And nobody says anything about it. But my point is, is in this day and age, a boat that goes 40 miles an hour is like nothing. If you're going 40 miles an hour at night, anywhere inshore, and possibly even offshore you might hit something, but anywhere inshore, if you're going that fast, you don't have to be drunk. You can be experienced. You can be, have been boating your whole life. But at 40 miles an hour in the dark, at any given point, you can make a mistake and hit a marker. I mean, you and I have talked about this before, too, about just the amount of people out there driving boats that had, they shouldn't be driving boats. And I see it in the Keys all the time. Well, it's, it's, it shouldn't be driving boats, especially boats that can go that fast. Yeah, because then they want to open them up. Right, with, with, with little experience. Yeah, you know, and possibly quite a, even some, add some, if, now you add some alcohol into that mix, and then it's even worse. Well, that's the whole catastrophe, and that's why a lot of us don't boat on the weekends and stuff anymore. Yeah. You seeing anything like that out of Fakahatchee? Any fucking total nuts out there with, like, too much equipment putting people in danger? Well, I've seen some people flying down that dirt road. Yeah. And I'm even, like, I'm actually thinking to myself, because especially during the wet season, there's a lot of potholes end up getting up in the dirt road. And some of these people are flying down. I'm like, you're not worried about your axle, for crying out loud? Oof. Dude, do you, do you remember the uh, Steve Kantner podcast? When he was telling us about how they would get up and they'd work for the county. And they'd drive through their glades looking for people that ran off the side of the road. And then they'd find them and there'd be a bunch of dead people in the slough. Are you serious? I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. It's a Cantor freaking interview. He was telling people how that, yeah, crazy stuff. Imagine doing that. I Ugh. couldn't imagine doing anything. I'd barely go out to that Fakahatchee trail. I still got to get you out there. I don't know. Watch the time that you come with me I mean, will that, be the time that we're going to see a panther. That, I, yeah. I think that's more of a wintertime thing for me. Yeah, hundred percent. Did I tell you about walking to Best Buy yesterday? No. What happened? <laughs> so I get this new uh, piece of equipment for the podcasting, and it need a bunch of different cords or whatever. And me, being the retard that I am, if I tried to order the cords online, I get like one out of three right. I'd be have to send them send back. back. They'd end up in that <laughs> box over there. So Lamont's like, go down to Best Buy, get the guy, and have him get the cords for you. Yeah. Bring the fucking unit with you. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, you know, I'm going to get my exercise in. I'll roll down there to Best Buy. I'll walk from here. It's about two and a half miles or so. So I walked to Best Buy. I roll in there. And when I got inside, I was like, oh, my God. It's like, I'm really hot. And I don't mean like hot, like hot. I mean, I'm in the sun every friggin' day. Yesterday, when I walked to Best Buy, it wasn't just like a normal hot. But anyway, I had to rethink that to walk to Best Buy in the middle of the day again. I don't think that's for me. So anyway, to get back to the Fakahatchee thing is, I don't know if I'm going to be walking out there with you in August or July or September because that's the mullet run, but maybe after that first cold front in October? Yeah, or even November, December. There you go. Yeah, well, the, see, the funny thing is summertime in the Fakahatchee is a blessing and a curse. The curse is that it's hotter than all freaking get out of there. As Norm would say, hotter than a snake's ass. Is that what he said? 
<laughs> the podcast we just uploaded last week with Norm's Blue Marlin. That's how he started the freaking podcast off. He goes, you know, it's been hotter than a snake's ass out there. And I was like, hotter than a snake's ass? I'm stealing that and I'm using that for the rest of the summer. I was going to say, so I, I might must, start using that. Yeah, I must have said it a hundred times in the last week or so. Anyways, Kind of like a, how I say slew. Well, it's just hotter than a snake's ass down there in those sloughs. It is. See what I mean? But here's the blessing, though, is hardly anybody's out there. Right. And you have a much, and that's when all the wildlife, I, I, they know when it's season and when it's not season. And then all of a sudden they all start, well, and then it gets wet and they all start using the trams more often. But, but no, this year though, we, we got to get you out there this year. Cause I mean, it's been almost two years I've been going out there. You haven't been out once. Dude, I'm not a fat hatcher. We'll make you into one. Do you like, can you get a shirt or anything? Like you go out there? They used to have shirts. <laughs> I swear to you, they used to all have shirts. They were orange. I was kidding. No, I swear they were long sleeve. They were orange, and they had like the panther and the bear and the deer and the. They even had a ghost orchid on it. It was actually a pretty badass looking shirt, and along the slide sleeve it said "Fack a Hatcher." All right, what about hats? Because we did the podcast about fishing hats. Everybody freaked out. It was like big content for all these. Like, dude, I had no clue that the fishing hat um, podcast was gonna. Well, remember everybody. the video too did the video too dude all sorts of stuff so anyway did the fat hatchers have a certain hat that they like to wear no so there wasn't a hat but they used to have shirts made what about any famous fat hatchers that wear a signature hat nothing nothing no hats <laughs> ah, but they did have the shirts they got the shirts but they stopped so they stopped making them because they there actually was a group of people that they called themselves the fat hatchers and they would go out there i think once every other month and they would, it was like five or six guys and they used to go and they would clear all the trams and they had these shirts made. And I guess if you actually asked the, the one guy, you could get one. I haven't met that guy yet though. I'm trying to meet him cause I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty cool shirt. I'd like to actually have it. So you want a fat hat? Hell yeah, dude. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually pretty badass looking. All right. So are you, are you a big enough fat hatchy enthusiast? So if you did find the guy that was selling the shirts, would you buy them for your other Fackahatcher friends? Well, the only one I got is Justin Napier. And Ryan. Well, yeah, Ryan. But I mean, he's already, he'd been going out there before he met me, though. But would you get him a shirt? Of course. The least I could do, especially Ryan taking me out to see the ghost orcs. See, that's how you know you're a real enthusiast. Is that I would t- I would do that for my fellow Fackahatcher. Right. Yeah. Speaking of enthusiasts, uh, I, I, I take this guy uh him and his him and his wife or no his girlfriend fishing the other day. Mm-hmm. They grew up here and stuff. Went to South Plantation High School, but they're um, and the guy was late thirties. I think the girl was forty. Okay, and um, the guy shows up and he's got the Mill House podcast hat on. Oh yeah, yep. So I was like, dude, did you hear my episode on Mill House? And he's like, of course. And he's he's like, but I've been watching you since the beginning. I was like, the beginning? He's like, yeah, it was like 20. Isn't that amazing after all these years? But anyway, to your point is because he was into the Millhouse podcast, right? He's kind of like a real guy in that whole real guy network type thing. He got the hat. Yeah. And, and then he sported the piss out of it on, on his trip the other day. and Like a gentleman. Like a real enthusiast. So my point is then his wife... Or girlfriend, because it was his birthday, she bought the trip for him to go out and get really? his target. Right, and the good karma kind of, good kind of, kind of caught like wildfire. I mean, they just smoked it. I forget how many fish they caught. Really? Yeah. 
but they got some big tarpon. One tarpon took them down the beach to Fort Lauderdale. They got another tarpon took them down the beach to Danuway. Then they got a couple small ones. And then, but anyway, he was a real enthusiast. Had the hat and everything. Enthusiast. Right, that's my whole I point. I think, listen, I think it's great if you've got any kind of apparel like that. Because I just think it's like, even with the real guy shirt, it's just, it shows that you're enthusiastic and really passionate about it. You're an enthusiast. But when you're really an enthusiast, you buy shit for your friends. Yeah, I agree. All right. I could even buy you one, but we got to get you out there first. Dude, do not buy a Fekka Hatcher shirt for somebody that's not a Fekka Hatcher. Well, I was going to say, we have to get you out there first. But I, mean, I, I look forward to being the one to take you out there, though, for the first time. Like, if there was a Fekka Hatcher sticker, like, that's how you start somebody off. You get them a sticker, and you kind of, here you go. But you don't just go out and buy them the hat and the shirt and everything. You do that for your fellow fact hatchers like justin and ryan not for your, your hopeful fact hatcher yeah right your, your but, go-to's your loyals your faithfuls but i will tell you you know i i got to take justin into the fact for the first time which was really cool and i it was when i was telling him too like i can't wait to take jeff out here because it's going to be like it's just going to be that that's going to be a cool experience for me to be able to guide you your first time into the fact and then in pure busaka fashion you got your Fekka Hatcher name dropping at this point. Yeah, pretty much. So Norm was name dropping the other day. And um, as he was name dropping, he actually referred to you. He really? Was, well, he's like in true Busaka name dropping style. <laughs> and then he name dropped like then he name dropped like twenty people. Would you believe that there are some names to be dropped in the Fakahatchee strand? Oh, like who? Uh, Clyde Butcher. You ever heard Clyde Butcher? That's a great name, Clyde Butcher. You, you've heard of him, right? He's a big deal in the Everglades. No, I haven't. You never heard of Clyde Butcher? Dude, I would know if I heard about Clyde Butcher. That's a great name. Isn't it a great name? Like you could be a linebacker or you could be a quarterback with that name. So all of the, yeah, I know, right? So all of those big, beautiful black and white portraits that you see of the Everglades probably was taken by Clyde Butcher. He's a big deal out there in the Glades. Mike Owen, he was the biologist in the Fakahatchee Strand for 30 years. Who else? Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Herman Lucerne. Yeah, Herman Lucerne. Yeah, They're I mean, out there. Well, I knew, There's Glades. I knew people. about Herman. Yeah, you, knew about, you know Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. I know her. Well, you know of her. <laughs> a little you, bit. A little. But you've heard of her. Herman had a, a, a tournament after him that everybody would talk about. Yeah, they that, still have it. Right, Carl that, does it. That's kind of like how I knew about Herman. And then I got there's a book I got to read that I can't remember the dude's name, but he was friends with Herman. But anyway, he's old school Florida cracker dude that got totally pissed when the government started managing the Everglades. Well, yeah, because the government fucks everything it touches. Yeah, my well, this guy had the foresight of that in like the fifties, whatever it was. Yeah. Anyway, but he's he, he was before the Fakka Hatchers. Was it, it wasn't Franklin Adams, was it? I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, we gotta get somebody in here that actually knows something about like the history of uh, Florida crackers and the Everglades and all that, because there's some like really cool history that goes along with all this Incredible. stuff. Incredible. Well. So Franklin Adams is still alive, and he remembers, actually, I mean, he's old as the hills now, but I mean, meeting like Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, and they all got together, this small group of them, and I don't know if you remember, but Miami Airport, they wanted to extend into the Big Cypress Preserve, 
and this group he was one of the that one of the uh, people of that group that helped to put a stop to that and they actually got it into a national preserve to where it can't be developed i always thought it'd be great to meet him and he's old school florida cracker too he's still around yeah no there's there's still some big names out in the everglades that are still around um you know, I've been lucky enough to meet like Mike Owen and whatnot. Like Mike is actually, if you go online and look him up, he's considered a Florida icon. You know, we should do a we should do a series like we did the uh, the Bahamas series. We did what was the other series we did? Um, you know, where we do like eight podcasts and like you know really about the same thing. I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since we did them, but we did the Bahamas. We didn't do the Keys, did we? I forget. I but can't it, remember what we did, but. But we do multiple podcasts and then, like, you know, figure out the history and everything. We should do that with your whole Fekka Hatcher well, people you know and Musso and his freaking palms and the <laughs> poachers and all that other shit that's going on. I still have Mike Owen's number. I should give him a call and see if he'd be willing to come in and do a podcast with us. That'd be a big deal. He doesn't have to come in anymore. We can just call him oh, up. Oh, we can just call him up. That's as right. As long as he's not on the Fekka Hatcher and we can get a decent single. Yeah. I mean, he and the thing is, he's a talker. Is so he? we're not going to have to pull information out of him. Like, so he's I mean, like a Tommy Green type. Yes. You just got to put the microphone in front of him and he can just go. Oh, yes. He, he's been on Good Morning America. He's been in documentary. No, no. He There is a website that lists people that are considered Florida icons. He's on that list. Okay. I'm going to go totally opposite end of the spectrum thinking of talking about Florida icons. Malik Rogier. <laughs> Do you know who that is? <laughs> I don't. Malik. But you would throw out a name like that. <laughs> well, and there's a reason. I'm, I'm, Malik Regier was a quarterback for the U. <laughs> <laughs> All right? So he's a quarterback for the U. All right? Good kid. Right? And he's a podcaster. Is and, he really? He likes doing podcasts. As a matter of fact, Lamont and I went to see... <laughs> went to see one of the podcasts. God, I got at the tip of my tongue. I can't remember the name of it. But we went down to shenanigans down there in your turf. In Dania. In Dania? Yeah. Yeah. And they were doing a live thing there. He has a radio dude and him and another guy. And they do this football podcast, right? So Lamont's into that whole sports scene on Twitter. That's how he keeps up with all the sports news on Twitter. Yep. So he's somewhat intertwined with uh malik rogier and malik was saying on twitter that he wanted to expand and get on different podcasts not just football i think that's great so lamont's like well you're a real guy you're a florida dude freaking should get on the real guy podcast did he respond well i haven't heard back from him yet but he's the one that asked and then lamont's like get on the real guy podcast that's awesome well, i'm just saying speaking of getting people florida people yeah we can go from who was the person you wanted to get? Mike Owen. Mike Owen, the old yep. timer. And did Andy have him on his podcast? No. I thought and Andy you know had funny? everybody in Florida over ninety on his podcast. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I well, I feel like that would be somebody that they should have on there. Is Mike Owen? Again, look him up. I mean, he's. I'm editing the, all this out. Serious? No, don't edit it all out. Don't edit this. Out. This is good content. Dude, this poor Mike Owens guy. Every, every podcaster in freaking Florida is going to be calling him after this. True. Yeah, you're right. But not all of them have his number. Well, they'll get it. 
I'll t- I'm, I'm gonna call him and tell him don't give him to him. So what are the chances this guy Owen still has a rotary phone? I mean, I've called him and he's answered. <laughs> so he's got a phone. You've, you've talked to this guy. Oh yeah, I got to spend a whole day with him, right. which is actually I'll tell you what that was pretty cool. I mean, the guy is a wealth of knowledge. Did you tell him that you were the world's favorite millennial? I no, we didn't get that far. Did you tell him that you were the co-host on the Real Guy podcast? We didn't get that far either. Fusaka. I only had I only had a couple hours with him. Only a couple hours. You get that shit out in the first ten minutes. We oh, were Rich sitting there. Doing? Steve Busaka, the world's favorite millennial from the Real Guy podcast. How are you? Great to meet you. <laughs> Done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, you know, we were also sitting there on, uh, we were doing, I did a wildlife blitz with him. Dude, we went over this when you went to the Tarpon Trust thing to see your granddaddy there. What was his name? Flip. Flip. So you wanted to go see Flip, <laughs> right? And we went over this. That's how you introduce yourself. Busaka. Well, don't forget, this was before even Flip. When you were hanging out with Rod? With Mike. What's his name? Mike Owen. Mike Owens. I got to tell you, I'm actually interested when we release this podcast, if any people actually recognize these names like Mike Owen, Clyde Butcher, all these freaking people. Dude, I think you're creating the Facker Hatcher name drop and list right now. Yes. So if somebody hasn't had them. Or just, we could just call it the Everglades name drop and list. Because these people have been, or Betty Osceola. There's another one. You know, like these are real people. Now, Betty, I know who she is. I would hope so. She's like the woman chief Indian. Yeah, I was going to say she's of the uh, Mikasuki, the uh, the Panther uh, the Panther clan. And she doesn't pull any punches. She I what? S- I seen her on TV before. I heard her talking and stuff. Oh, you have seen her on TV? She don't pull any punches. Dude, she was in the Path of the Panther documentary too. Right. You know who I would love if we could actually get on the podcast? Do you know Victoria's been making fun of you ever since we took her to Path of the Panther? Why? Well, two reasons. Because I go all the way out there to look for Panther. <laughs> no, that she kind of liked. I think that's what intrigued her to go see the Path of the Panther. Okay. But going, it, when we walked in and you told the guy what movie we were there to see, and the attitude and the expression on his face. Like he couldn't believe it? Like, what do you want to see? Path of the Panther. <laughs> we got three tickets. He's like, kind of like, oh, these were the three. And, <laughs> and Victoria was watching. And she's like, all right. And then we go in there and we're the only ones in there. And then... That was cool, though. We had the whole theater to ourselves. It was great. We, we got to relax. We got to laugh. We got, but that but that whole movie, even as much as I like the Everglades and I, I'm pulling for the Panther and everything, I don't know. But anyway. Wait, she's but, making fun of me because I liked it? No, she's just like... <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, if there's something she doesn't like really care to do anymore... <laughs> is go to the movies... No, it should be like, well, it's kind of like the Path of the Panther. Oh, my gosh. A good idea, but I'm not doing it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She wanted to go out there, remember? Like I said, you had her fired up about the whole Florida Panther thing. She still said she wants to go and see it. Right. Uh, I guess wintertime, of course, but... Well, put it this way. She didn't go back to high school the next day and start telling her friends about going to see Path of the Panther. Well, yeah, She went there, and she's like, man, I hope nobody got a picture of me out there. (laughs) 
<laughs> she's still young, man. That's what I mean. <laughs> she's still young. She'll appreciate this more one day. I'm so proud of my Victoria Rose. We all are. No. The tarpon on fly thing last week? That was pretty badass. I saw that. That was dude, That was awesome. That dude, was a big moment. That that was a a life telling experience. Yes, it was. She's gonna be all right in life. She's gonna be all right. She will. When she, when she wants to do something, yeah, and you commit yourself, and then you do it, then that, that, that's a big deal. Anyway, anything else about the fact of hatchers or anything I need to know about that orchid <laughs> before we wrap up this week's podcast? I, I did th- you congratulate Norm on his blue marlin? I did Good. actually. Good. I was I was I was really happy for him, and I even congratulated him. Did you see how much weight he's lost? Uh, beautiful. I was so proud of my. I met, I commented on his photo too. I said, "Dude, I'm proud of you, man." He's really gotten serious about it. Did you see we took his kid out last night and got them his first tarpon? Let me tell you, I every time I see Norm post pictures with his kid, it does actually like make me smile. Like I just, I, I, I'm genuinely, it makes you I'm feel genuinely good. happy for him. It's a feel good. It is. It's a feel good being, thing. And I'm being genuine when I say that too. Oh, and the kid. All right, all right, he's a little quiet and stuff. Or whatever. I was going to say, is he like Norm or what's he like? He's, he, no, he's not like Norm. Okay. So he's not walking around saying like it's hotter than a snake's ass or something like that. Well, if he is, he's not doing it around us. But, a... but, he's, <laughs> but, he, but when he smiles, he looks like Norm. He Yes, he does. You right? can definitely see the resemblance. Right? Yep. And some of the expressions that he gives you, you swear it's Norm. Really? But then he talks and he's so soft-spoken. And he's such a nice kid, and he's humble as all pie. And I was going to say, is he like, is he well mannered and whatnot? And he's a great kid. Good, great to be around. Good, and most importantly, I've never seen Norm this happy. Me neither. So anyway, on that note, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, man. Season five. The second episode, the world's favorite millennial, the sack of hatchers. I mean, it doesn't get any more exciting than the Real Guy Podcast, or or just different things that we we talk about everything dude we really do so the other day i run into busaka at my wife's hair salon and spa casbah casbah spa best spa and salon in florida or south florida at least the world for that matter all the famous people go there and everything and busaka goes there and he gets his hair cut by this guy lsa who i've been getting my hair cut for 20 years 20 years casbah spa pretty wow. impressive and I roll in there, and everybody knows who Busaka is. <laughs> but nobody knew in the whole spot, all the friends that you made there so far, that you were the world's favorite millennial. Again. <laughs> and they had no clue that you were the co-host on the Real Guy podcast. So I enlightened Aliseo. And he's like, what do you mean he's a co-host? I go, dude, he talks about shit. And people like it, and they laugh and stuff. I go, he had his old hairdresser on the podcast. He's like, no, he didn't. I was like, yes, he did, too. Oh, that's... You told him about that? Yeah. Alejandro. Right. I still I still talk to him once in a while. My point is, how do you not tell them this stuff? I mean, I've told... Eliseo knows you and I are tight, did but... He, did he know that... You were the world's favorite millennial? No. <laughs> Did you know you were the co-host of the Real Guy Podcast? No. Did you know that you met Flip Pallet the other day? No. Does he know who Flip Pallet is? It doesn't matter. When you meet Flip, you brag about that shit. It's like seeing the ghost orchid. It's like sporting a jack or a decent snook on the beach or something. But anyway, my point is, 
When you go to these places, dude. That's like the first thing I got to tell people. It, it, it's a 10-second it's a pitch. It's okay? like a sales pitch. Right. It's a pitch. It's a 10-second pitch. And it's good for both parties. Like, it's good for you because now they know who you are and the whole situation. Like, okay, must be friends with Jeff. He's freaking the world's favorite millennial. I like him. Right? It's like a thing. And it's good. And they know where you stand. So, like I said, and then we'll end the podcast because yeah. I'm repeating myself. That's but great. when you show up to these places and you know that they know you, they know me, they know the wife, they're into fishing, they're a fat hatcher maybe, or whatever it might be, you fucking roll in there and you say, hey, Stephen Busaka, nice to meet you. I'm the world's favorite millennial and the co-host on the Real Guy podcast. That's not even 10 seconds. And anybody out there that's listening, everybody should have their own 10-second pitch. It's true. I mean, I'm the lunker dog. I got like 20 10-second pitches. I am the original... <laughs> real guy. I'm the original real guy, right? The lunker dog. That's the, two. Right? The lunker dog. Captain Jeff. That's three. I'm just saying. It's just, there's a way to do it, Busaka. Yeah. The host of the Real Guy Podcast. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Then when next time like you walk out of the spa, right? And you're all happy-go-lucky and you're looking good and everything. You're nice and tight. You got your grill nice. And, and the guy says, oh, who was that? And then Osayo can say, oh, that's Steven Lusaka, the world's favorite model. <laughs> and now they know. Yeah. You understand it helps everybody. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, brother. Dude, we're going to do some beach fishing. Happy yes, pre pod. Happy pre pod. Happy pre pod. And um, we're going to do a whole nother um, podcast about breaking an ugly stick. I broke a fucking ugly stick. You broke. How do you break an ugly stick? I thought they were unbreakable. 54 years old. I've never heard anybody break an ugly stick. No. I've never it seen it. Never. Nothing. I broke an ugly stick. That's a whole we're, that's, we're gonna do that next podcast. That's a whole nother episode. Anyway, Busaka, thanks for coming in. Run that dog. Run that dog. <laughs>